Welcome to the Corbell Career Cast, the podcast from the Office of Career and Professional Development at the Joseph Corbell School of International Studies at the University of Denver. Today, we are excited to be joined by Ann Dao, a Corbell student who was a 2022 fellow for the Urban Leaders Fellowship Program and the co-executive director of the Urban Leaders Fellowship Program, Tamira Samuel. Thank you both so much for joining us today. We're so excited to learn more about this incredible fellowship program. Thank you so much for having us. I am so excited um, not only to connect with Anne, but just to talk a little bit more about the Urban Leaders Fellowship for those of you that are considering applying or you've thought about it, or you might be a re-applicant. In a nutshell, we are looking for world-class leaders, leaders that are already leaders in their own right, that have a passion, a commitment, and tenacious ferocity toward changing their communities through local and state policy. So when you're thinking about, am I a good fit? You could be someone that just finished undergrad with two years of work experience. You could be in a PhD or graduate program, or as of last year, we have expanded our scope and net for individuals who have five plus years of work experience who may or may not have a bachelor's degree. So we are looking at your ideologies, your perspectives, your backgrounds. We are an agnostic organization. So we're not geared toward Republican or Democrat or green tea or independent. We essentially care about your commitment, your ability to communicate, work in silos, as well as also work across lines of difference. Because one of the things that you will learn, even as Anne shares her experience, is that in the Urban Leaders Fellowship, we expect you to leverage your own skill set while leaning into the skill set of 10 to 25 other leaders in your cohort and work with a nonprofit organization in the morning and with an elected official and policy team of three to five individuals in the afternoon. And so that takes a lot of agility and flexibility. And last but not least, in thinking about your application, think about your why. I think it's very important that as you examine coming into the fellowship are 10 regions in which you'd be interested to apply in. It's thinking to yourself, what and how can I leverage um, not only ULF, but then what can I give? Because again, we're, we're steering the ship but we transition that over the course of the seven-week fellowship. Our fellows are leading alongside our regional directors, having intense conversations as it relates to social economic class, race, privilege, class, and gender. While at the same time, going into the communities with our nonprofit organizations and solving these complex problems that many of our executive directors or staff or program managers they aren't able to achieve because of capacity. And we know in, in the third iteration after the pandemic, that's a lived reality for every single region. And then most importantly are our elected and appointed officials. They rely upon the skill set, the talent, the intellectual um, just legwork of our fellows to come and present a slate of approaches and problems. And so if you're thinking about is this for me? When you're building your application process, think about how you can sell not only a solution, but then in turn, what can you give to the program, to your colleagues, to your peers? 
Great, thank you so much. Um, and like I said, we've been very fortunate to have so many Corbell students participate in this incredible program and really benefit for it. Now I'd like to kind of turn to Ann and if you would kind of share on your experience in this program as a 2022 um, Urban Leader Fellow. Yeah, definitely. So um, I would say it was one of the best experience basically in my academic career period. Um, there was a lot of a sense of com camaraderie in the program. A lot of hard stories were shared, a lot of experience were brought up. And some of those stories are something that you have to prepare yourself for because everyone in this cohort, in my cohort at least, were so talented, so like so in depth in their own rights of whatever profession they're in. We have PhDs in education, we have marketing managers, we have people who basically have never been in policy before um, in the same team and everyone worked together so greatly. And so they have conversations that are so profound that sometimes I have to think to myself, like, am I the right fit to be here? Am I really that good? But then again, these teammates of mine will remind me again and again that I belong and this is also my home. And so I think from the Urban Leader Fellowship, I have had one of the greatest connections in my entire life and they're lifelong friends. And even for my the organization that I supported, my supervisor was amazing. And even for the representative that I supported, she was so into what I was doing. And for that, seeing someone in a position of leadership and position of power to actually care about me made me realize that maybe the policy world is actually for me. And there was a lot of, you know, big ideas being thrown around. And I'm very, very thankful for being a part of the ULF cohort in 2022. Great. Can you talk a little bit about the project that you worked on and, and give us kind of a scope of that and maybe the representative that you worked with as well? Yeah, definitely. So for the 2022 summer, I worked with CERC. It is the Colorado Immigration Rights Coalition. And we worked on a few um, policy slates. We worked on his historical policy about immigration rights and I compiled you know a list of all of the policies that have to do with immigrations or have anything to do with immigrants um, perchance in the history of Colorado and we keep that record for every immigration rights organization in Colorado and also in the Midwest to or the Southwest, I'm very bad at geology, um, geography, forgive me. But we keep that in order for everyone to see what kind of policy we've gone through and how we can get to the policy that we want to get to. Um, I also worked on the research for three policy slates that I think are gonna hit the um, voting poll. Um, one of them is for housing for immigrants, one of them is education, and one of them is the visa rights for um, doctorates and doctor 
medical doctors to enter the U.S. and work in Colorado. Um, so those are the three big things that we had to cover. And I think it took up basically all the time that we had with the organization. On the other hand, I also worked with Representative Jennifer Bacon um, on this one project of hers. I think we ended up calling it the Youth Enterprise Zone. So in within that zone, we strived to subsidize for businesses to give the youth, um, children, and everyone who's still, you know, un under the age of 25, the opportunity to have a growing, developing environment that they feel safe in, and they can also grow all of their personal interests. Because in the metro districts, as we discussed in our policy, uh, a lot of youth are not getting, you know, the chance to have fun or like a safe pay playground or businesses that they can go to that is their third place that are not home or school um, and to spend their time safely and well um, to grow themselves as individuals. And it lacks so much to the point of that we are seeing, you know, violent and even deaths in, Jew, in youth in metro districts. So that policy really tried to bring in more businesses, more organizations that can help with that and grow um, children and youth in metro districts, um, particularly around the airport area. If you have seen them, there's literally nothing for our young people to actually participate in. And a lot of that free time will go to things that we don't want to. Um, and so I'm very passionate about that because as a young person, it is hard for me to see other young person especially in my own skin that are suffering from those kind of violence and those even mental illness that is being caused by, you know, the poor development in Colorado and even other states in general. And so that policy, I hope, will be hitting the voting pool soon. Um, and yeah, the working time with um, Representative Jennifer Bacon was a long time. So I basically played the role of compiling the research and also writing policy memos since me and my other teammate was policy master majors. Um, so that was very easy for me. And also I was in a special position because I was doing that when I was in Vietnam. So a lot of that took away the time of me getting to meet stakeholders, people who I really want to meet and actually want to talk to because it's around 3 or 4 a.m. in Vietnam. And fragile self is not going to wake up for that many of the times. But it was a challenging experience, but very, very re rewarding as well. Thank you so much for sharing that. Um, Tamira, can you maybe share a little bit about how you partner with kind of other organizations and the representatives and some of the projects that you look at as the Urban Leaders Fellowship Program? Sure. 
Um, one thing I would be remiss to say is just Anne's ability to dive very deep and very personal into her experience and with her partner organization and elected official Rep Bacon. And that's essentially one of the three things that we look for both for our partner organizations and for our elected officials is number one, transformational organizations and transformational leaders that have a clear vision for the change they wanna see in their community. That's the first, is there's a clear vision. Second is the commitment and, and passion um, on a particular set of key issues within the community. And then third is an alignment to the ULF mission, purpose, and core values. And it's essentially those top two. Uh, we are rooted into transforming communities through people, policy, and partnerships. And so as we think about every single year across our 10 regions, the 90 plus partners and the 18 to 22 local and state officials that we partner with, we're taking a look and having conversations six, nine months, even 24 months out of the next slate of elected officials to determine what are you passionate about? What is the work that you've already done? Uh, and from there, how do you see the partnership with ULF for the next three, four, or five years to support you during your tenure? Uh, with our partner organizations, of course, it's a little bit different uh, because each year I would say about 25 to 37% of our partner awards kind of drop off where they take a gap year and say, hey, let's come back next year. We have what we need for now. Thanks for building the capacity. And the other remaining uh, 60 to 75% or so are orgs that come back every single year with a requested need. So we measure that, you know, those three characteristics in three areas of who is truly aligned to the org, a clear vision, and then there's clear passion and commitment um, to continue forging ahead a partnership with ULF, either on a single year or multi-year process. And maybe if both of you could kind of address kind of the application process and kind of timelines that we're looking at, that would be really helpful for, for our students. Absolutely. So anyone that's applying to ULF this year, I would say is giving you an incredible, incredible surprise. And Anne, I, I can't wait to hear what she's going to say because she's been a part of our virtual cohort slash hybrid for the last three years. So this year, all 10 of our regions will be in person, June through early June, uh, mid-August, depending upon the region and their needs. Our application just opened on Friday, December 16th, and it will close on March 7th, 2023. And we have eliminated having multiple deadlines and into a rolling basis. So anyone that is considering applying to the Urban Leaders Fellowship, you have a nice window. We have an upcoming webinar on Wednesday, February 15th. If you go to the Urban Leaders Fellowship website, you can access not only the application, but also a recorded 45-minute applicant uh, package and kind of candidacy webinar where we walk through how to build your writing memo how to package your resume, as well as your statement of interest. And then as I stated earlier, really digging deep and thinking about 
what you can give to the ULF fellowship as well as what you are looking to gain from the entire process. Because we understand, as Ann said earlier, folks are coming in at different levels. We have JDs, we have MPAs, just a myriad. Um, I think we were so excited this past summer in Ann's class, we had a medical student uh, join the ULF fellowship. And so from the other side of the country where he had no exposure of ULF and came in and went to um, the Oakland region and had an incredible experience because his perspective is, is different. And so we look for that. And so the third thing I would say in building your application as well is apply often. And when I say apply often is apply what you are learning through the process often before submitting and submit early. Anyone that applies to the fellowship by January 15th of this month, they have a higher likelihood of being placed in their top two regions and can also attest to this as well. Um, she was an incredible candidate to begin with, but she was also asking those questions, attending webinars, also making sure that she connected with one of our national alumni ambassadors. So there is plenty out there, but those are the four steps to take. Is number one, going through our website, two, signing up for a webinar, and participating in the recorded candidacy webinar to build a strong packaging case. Three is ensuring that there's connections to an alumni leader in our org. Um, we're so excited. We have 12 folks that are literally on call every single day. They've already taken 100 calls <laughs> and we haven't even crossed the threshold of a month. And they're willing to speak with you about their experiences, give you support and guidance in the application process, and also help you make the best decision in determining which top five regions do I want to really lean in and say, I want to prefer these top five. I think I'd be a great fit with these elected officials in this particular cohort. And then, of course, number four is applying early. And I will add to that for Corbell students, mostly use all of your connections that you know at Corbell to help you with the application process. For me personally, I am very grateful for Jane Alonso. She is the associate professor for policy writing, and she helped me so much in my application process. Everything I wrote, I ran through her and it was smooth sailing. And so I would say to Corbell, use all of your resources. You are so lucky to have people in Corbell to help you out um, in a heartbeat. So yeah, that is my one take. I think fabulous advice. And I just wanna echo how grateful we are to have such an extraordinary program available to our students. I know it's been fundamental for many of our students and shaped how they have moved forward in their career and professional pursuits. So thank you so much, An, and thank you to Myra for joining us here today. We look forward to having you all join us next time on the Corbell Careercast and have a wonderful afternoon. Thank you. Thank you.